Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Can anyone relate to that? As the mom say, yep, yep. Seems like a lot, but how many of you have been that I'm going to do it better tomorrow, mom. Has anybody done that? I know I have. Boy, all of, nobody else has done that. Everyone else does it great every day. Yeah, no, I, I know. Every day I was like, okay, tomorrow it's going to be better. I'm going to do a better job tomorrow. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things that we feel like we should be doing better and more of as a parent, right? We're going to download some podcasts and follow some amazing moms on and, and, and see how I can do this better. Go on Instagram. How many moms can I follow that have the perfect pictures and the perfect advice and know exactly, I'm going to follow that mom and be a better mom. Uh, and not, a, not that that's wrong. I mean, podcasts are great. They've got, there's a lot of great books out there that can help you be a better parent. Um, but today, I just want to talk to you a little bit about something that might be obvious, but I'm hoping I can encourage you today on what, how to be a better who you are, a better you. This is my self-help for a better you today. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Did everybody call their mom this morning and say happy birthday? Email them. Good job. Good job. I got two out of four. I, I did good. That's great. Two out of four? Are you kidding me? No, that's good. <laughs> Luke is laughing because he's going to call his brother right now and say, what are you doing? You know what? I don't have a whole lot of secrets about parenting. I don't have the great secret to life that's going to give you the amazing, how can I be a better mom, even raising four kids. Um, there's no special secret they have because we all know that we learn from our what? Uh, well, yeah, but that wasn't, no, guys, that's the wrong answer. Mistakes. We learn from our mistakes, right? That's how I learn. I definitely learn better from my mistakes than my experience takes too long. Let's do it wrong, and then we'll learn it the right way. I learn from my mistakes, so I can tell all of you a whole lot of things not to do, and you'll do. It'll be great. I can. You can sit down with me. I got a list of things that you don't want to do as a parent. A lot of things, but that's a whole nother sermon. Um, but. I have to tell this one story of my son because he's in L.A. and he can't um, argue with me. So I, when my kids were in, in school, when they were, you know, 13, 12, and 10, 9, something like that, they could walk home from school two or three, it was like three blocks. It wasn't that far. And I worked like three blocks away, so they would come home for an hour or so, and they were perfect. They would get their snacks and sit down and do their homework at the table the whole time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So one day I was at work and I get this frantic call from Caitlin. Everybody knows Caitlin is. She was mom. She was definitely mom. I don't know how many times I said, Caitlin, I'm the mom. I can handle this. No, Caitlin was the mom. And she calls me saying, mom, Jordan's head is stuck under the garage door. And I, I, I set me back from it because I'm thinking to myself, how, how did, 
How did his head get under the garage door? But before I could get my, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'll be there in a few minutes. Oh, 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 it's okay, mom. Here he is. He's fine. It's good. It's fine. But the whole time I'm like, and I never figured out how did he get his head under the garage? But couldn't you, wouldn't it be cute to drive by and see this little cute face <laughs> underneath the garage door? But things like that happen, right? I mean, everybody's had something like that happen with their kids, right? Right? Yeah. So anyway, he was fine. I mean, no bruises or anything. He was fine. I don't know. Do you, I, someday I'm going to ask him, what were you doing? Um, but anyway, I've got a lot of, of things um, that I could tell you probably not to do. Um, but before I start, I want to tell you all, and I feel like I have to pre say this before. I have great kids. Before I start any more stories to tell you anything, I do. I have great kids. I'm very thankful for my four adult children. They're wonderful. They're kind to everyone. And Brian and I talk all the time about our most wonderful thing about our kids is that they love each other. And that was a very high priority for us with them growing. It didn't look like that was going to happen sometimes. But now that they're all adults, we can truly say they love each other. So I'm thankful for my kids. Um, And I was going to find some cute pictures, but, you know, I, it didn't happen because they, every picture I found, I'm like, yeah, I'm not showing that one. So anyway, I don't have any pictures for you. But I did want to go through a little dialogue with you of what parenting, being a mother, is, is like through the years. And I wanted to use Aisha's. She's the cutest baby. Has anybody seen Aisha's baby? Oh, that's a cute. I wanted to hold him up here just so I could hold him. But, you know, when you bring that newborn home from the hospital, and you're holding him. And has anyone, have you ever noticed that you can have an entire room full of adults circled around this little baby laying on the floor and you could sit there and stare at it for hours and nobody says a word. And you're just staring at this little infant waiting for it to move or do something. And then everybody goes, oh, it's just so cute. You know, this little, it's like, I don't know. It's like watching a campfire or something. I don't know. You're just mesmerized by this little baby. And they are. They're so precious. You don't realize how amazing, um, how much love you could have for this child until it's born. And then they get a little older. And and I don't know why it takes them forever to say mama. They say daddy right away. And then finally they say mama. And I love you, mommy. And you're oh, I love you too, honey. I love you so much. I can't imagine my life with that. I just love you so much. And then they get just a little bit older, and sometimes they might say, you're the bestest, you're the bestest mommy in the whole world. And you say, oh, you're so amazing. I love you so much. I can't imagine having any, you're the best child in the whole world. And then they get a little bit older, and they say, no, mommy, I do myself, I do myself. And you're like, well, honey, you know, you're only two. Maybe I should help you pour that glass of of milk. You know, it's only spilt milk. If you're a mother of a two-year-old, let me tell you, that's where that phrase came from. Don't cry over spilt milk. Trust me, that's not a big deal. It's only spilt milk. But then they get a little bit bigger, and they say, you don't understand. But honey, I'm trying to understand. If you would just talk to me. You don't even care. Well, I'm, I'm really trying to care, honey. If you would just talk to me. Well, all the other moms said yes. Well, honey, I'm not all the other moms, right? Have you ever said that one? I've said that one lots of times. Life's not 
fair. It's not fair. Well, honey, life's not fair, and you better learn that right now. I've said that quite a few times. That's a good one. Everybody, if you don't know that one, write that one down. That's a really good one. And then they might say, you're running. Have any of you, you're running my life. I've had that one. You're ruining my life. Good. That's what I'm trying to do. That's a great comeback for that one. That's a really good one. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, it, thing, things happen and this does happen. They, they might say, I never want to talk to you again. And you say, is that a promise, honey? Because that's great. Having that quiet time, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful quiet time. And then the inevitable, I hate you. Well, I don't like you very much either right now, honey. See, it works. But you know, all the new moms are going, no, my baby's never going to do that. No, your baby will never do that. It's precious. It would never act like that. I promise you, your baby will be fine. It will never, ever do that. But you know what? That is some dialogue that happens, right, with our kids. As I was studying for this message, I came across a scripture that I had wished so badly that I had had when my kids were going through these growing stages. And I know I read it a hundred times, but I just had like this new revelation of this scripture. And I'm like, God, why couldn't I have had this revelation when my kids were growing up? Okay, Brad, we're ready for that scripture right now. Oops, that's, that's really not the way it's supposed to look. Okay, do, no, that's not it. You run my punchline, Brad. <laughs> the first of that scripture, this is uh, Luke 6, 35. Luke 6, that's not 35. That's like the middle of it. Luke 6, 35, the beginning of Luke 6, 35. That first line, that is what I needed. Okay. Shall I just go on, or are you, are you almost there? There's, a, there's three words that I needed, just three words at the very beginning of that scripture. Luke 6, 35. Nope. Nope. 35. There we go. Love your enemies. Yes. That's the scripture I've been looking for. You go through that dialogue, but you know, when you get to the scripture, you, it says, love your enemies. How many uh, mothers and parents of teenagers do we have that sometimes it feels like, okay, I need that scripture. <laughs> love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid those brand new pair of shoes that you just bought and you haven't got to wear yet. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High for he is kind to those... This is it. This is the, this is the key. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Not my baby. My baby's not wicked. No, your baby's not wicked. It's precious. You must be compassionate just as your father in heaven is compassionate. That verse, I'm like, wow, that's a new revelation. Lord, that is for moms. 
That verse is for moms. God loves the unthankful. But you know what? As I was reading this, you might think the key, the action in this verse, the key is to love or to do good or to lend. And I'm going to change the composition of this just a little bit. But to me, when I read it, the main action is act like children of the Most High. And as I'm, as I'm reading this and I'm realizing, God, if we could just act like your child as we're raising our children, we get it all right, right? If we can learn to just act like children the most high. Another verse um, that helps us with this is Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. When it says imitate, it it says in everything, right? So today I can talk, I can tell you this message, not only to moms, but it says imitate God in everything that you do. That's being a mom, being a dad, being a wife, being a husband, being a leader, being a boss of a company, being an employee. Imitate God in everything that you do. Imitating God, another word for that is mimic mimic God in the original. Act like your father. Act like your father. Um, I've noticed as I get older that I kind of act like my mom. (sighs) I'm sure that was a compliment. I'm sure it was a compliment. It was Luke. Mom, Luke, Luke, mom, Luke said something about you. But I do. I notice every once in a while. But, you know, as growing up, I, I looked a lot like my mom as we, when we grew up. People always thought we were sisters because she's not really that much older than me. So we did look like sisters. We had the same color of eyes. And, you know, I could fool my grandmother for, like, quite a few minutes on the phone because I sounded just like my mom. If you heard my mom today and me today after being out of the sticks for as many years as I had, you would say, no way. But yeah, I used to sound just like my mom. And I didn't try to do that. It just, it's just who I was. I didn't, I didn't like put on and, and, and practice um, looking like my mom or sounding like my mom. But I just did. It was a part of my nature. I was just, I, I couldn't help it. And sometimes today I'll say something and I'll catch myself off guard. I'm like, oh my, I'm becoming my mother. It happens. Another, but you know, Brian and his brothers, it's funny. Um, They have this thing that they do that's just, their dad does the exact same thing. And it's hilarious once you realize it. They've got this way that they walk when they're in a hurry, and all three of them do it. It's so fun. And I don't know if I'm going to be, but they take like this hand, and it, instead of going, it kind of goes like this, and they they, like push. It's, (laughs) it's like they're, they're, that helps them get speed or something, you know, they're pushing air, but all three of them do it with the same arm, and it's hilarious, and I I don't think that they sit around and say, okay, let's all, all, come on, let's practice this, everybody practice, do it like this, no, you didn't do that right, here, let's try again, no, it, naturally, they just all, they do this, it's hilarious, but you know, they didn't, it, it just comes naturally, that, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a genetic 
I don't want to say defect, um, a genetic thing. I don't know if it is, but, but they all do it. It's just, it's just in their nature to do that, and it's hilarious. But, you know, um, as we realize that, that, that we should be imitating or mimicking God or acting like our Father, and the Bible puts this in several different ways. When we believe in Jesus as our Savior, or we accept him as our Savior, the Bible says that God adopts us into his family, right? So we can all call each other brothers and sisters because we're all adopted into the same family. And he is now our Father. So we are adopted into his family. We are taken out of our old nature, the way we did our old nature, and God brings us over and puts us into our godly nature, his nature. He, he adopts us into his family. And another way that the scripture puts this is that we are cut off of an old vine, an olive tree it actually means. Um, if you can put that picture of the olive tree, uh, the grafting, the first one, um, we are cut off of an, an no, the other one, the, new, the, first, the first olive tree, the one, yeah, that one. So we are cut off of a wild, the Bible calls it a wild olive branch, um, and we are grafted into a cultivated olive tree. And one reason that they did this was because that wild tree, the, the roots were diseased or, or not healthy. So they would cut that branch off that had great potential to produce amazing fruit, and they would cut the new, the old, cultivated, healthy branch, and they would put that down in there, and it would draw nourishment from the healthy roots. So then that vine or that branch could produce that healthy fruit that it was intended to produce. That's another w- way that Scripture um, explains this. Um, it's, it's a potential. See that little vine? But do you see how it's sitting in there? If you could go to the scripture, John 15, um, that everybody knows. But I love looking at this as I'm reading this scripture. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branch. Those who remain in me and I in him will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, looking at that picture, doesn't that make like just a ton of sense? I mean, I always kind of understood it. But as you're looking at this branch in the vine, in that healthy root system, you can see that it needs to remain there, right? It can't, it, it can't just jump out and do its own thing. It needs to remain in that healthy vine to be able to produce that amazing fruit. Um, and it's going to take some time, right? Um, it will take some time for that branch to be, and, and, and the farmer is so meticulous how he cares for it, but it'll take some time for that branch to become a part of that healthy vine, that cultivated time. It, it takes some time for it to grow around. It'll just, it'll literally just grow around that branch, and years from then you will just barely be able to see where it was grafted into there because it looks so much like the cultivated vine. But remaining in that vine. And already, though, even though it's new, even though that vine is new and it's just kind of sitting in there, I mean, you could easily just pull it out. It's already gaining nourishment from that healthy vine. 
the minute it's put in there, it gets its nourishment from that healthy vine. So it, it may not be completely closed in around. It may be brand new. It may be just starting, but it's already gaining nourishment from that healthy root system. Romans 11 13 says we receive our nourishment from God's holy tree. So this is the other way that God, first he adopts us into his family. And the second way he explains it in the scriptures, we are grafted into him from our old nature, grafted into him. And the minute that you're grafted into him, you, you begin receiving nourishment from that healthy root system and that healthy vine. And then we begin to grow and grow, and then we begin to produce more and more fruit. Um, but I have a, a also those of you who have been in the vine for more years than you want to admit to anybody. If we could see that other olive tree, please. That the old olive tree. Um, if you if you look if your olive branch looks like that, you can't brag still yet. Because even though you've been in the olive tree for quite a while, Romans eleven eighteen says, but you must not brag about being grafted in, into that vine and, and that you replaced ones that were broken off. I love the way NLT says it. You're just a branch. You're not the root. That's pretty plain and simple, right? You're just a branch. Everybody say, I'm just a branch. I'm just a branch. You know, God is where we get our nourishment from. And what does all of this have to do with how to be a better you, a better who you are? You know, we try so hard to find and grasp those ways of being better at it. There's all kind, and, and like I say, the books and the, those are great, great tools. You need to, that's, that's awesome. But how can I be a better leader? I'm going to download podcast. I'm going to listen to Craig Groeschel, awesome leader. Awesome thing to do. How can I be a better mom? You know what the best way to do is? Is to abide in that vine and draw your nourishment from him. And then as time goes by, you'll start acting like him. You'll start looking like him. You'll start talking like him. And then when we, when we accomplish that, life becomes good, right? Life becomes good. The longer we remain, the more we abide. That, that we abide, the more we start to look like that cultivated tree. The longer we abide there, the longer we sit at his feet, the more we should be acting like God. Eventually, some of the things that we're grasping for should become natural if we're sitting at his feet. But that's the first thing we have to do is to be able to sit at his feet. We need to focus more on being in that vine and less on how can I be better at what I'm doing? We need to become like our Father. And, and, and as our, our mission uh, statement says, we need to be with Jesus first, right? And then we become like Jesus next. And then we do what Jesus did later, right? But you've got to take that first step and sit with him. And I know, it's, I, I know that we... Some would, especially new moms, it's, it would be very easy to say, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to sit, let alone abide. But I, I want to tell you that God gives you a special grace, especially you new moms or you moms of teenagers that are going through a lot of things right now that you, you just feel, or of adult children. I mean, it never ends. I mean, you're always a mom, right? You, it, it's always there. You always have that. And sometimes I have to say I heard one time, um, when they're little, they step on your toes. 
and when they get bigger, they step on your hearts. Can anybody relate to that? It's true. It's true. It can happen. Um, but, you know, God, if we would abide in him and, and just draw from that nourishment, he will give us all kinds of wisdom. There were times, Mike, I had four, okay, I had four kids under the age of four. And there were times it was crazy, crazy in my house. And I wouldn't have a clue what to do. And I would, not that I did it right very often, but there were times I can remember a few times where I would wait on God and he would give me this amazing, I mean, even a simple little thing like, okay, you guys, you're going to sit in that same chair. You're not going to move and you're not going to touch each other until you make up. I mean, that's silly, but they did it. And, and then they would start laughing and giggling, and then life was good. And I'm like, wow, God, that had to have been you because I could have never thought of that. But, you know, he gave me direction every step of the way, and he does the same for me today in everything that I do. If I remember to take that time to abide and to sit and to listen and to draw my nourishment from him, he always comes through, always comes through. But I believe God gives grace to new moms. And he sits with you at 2 a.m. when you're rocking the baby. He's there. And that's his grace. That's your time to sit with him also. That's the be- that was my be- favorite praying time is when I was rocking the kids, right? That's just such a great time to sit with Jesus. He's awake with you at 2 a.m., mom, when you're praying for your teenage kids, and wondering where they are, or your adult kids. He's there. That's a time you can sit with him and, and know that draw your nourishment from him, and he will speak to you in, in ways that you couldn't even imagine. The Holy Spirit is going to show you if you do that. He'll show you how that you can make time or take time to sit at his feet. Because I know, um, especially if this is not something that you're used to doing every day, not just Sunday mornings. We have to do this every day. I don't know how to survive without drawing nourishment. Well, you can't survive, just to be blunt with you. You can't survive without nourishment from that root. You can't survive if you try to do this on your own. Um, But the Holy Spirit can show you how to take the time to sit at his feet and draw nourishment from that root. Um, I'm getting ready to close, so if the uh, worship team would come and altar team come on up. You know what? Um, I believe that some of us, I I just wanted, I know that this is a message that a lot of of us know, but I wanted to encourage you today that you don't need to really search and, and really work hard to try to figure out how can I do this better. You just need to sit, right? Just need to sit at his feet, draw in your nourishment, and I promise you, because God is faithful, I promise you that he will speak to you and he will encourage you, and he will give you direction and wisdom on what, what's, what do I do next. Then when my kids were all little, I said prayers like this, God, if you just help me make it through, I promise I will help every mom I can help as long as they have more than two kids. <laughs> Any self-help books, I was terrible because I had four kids, and I know it's relative. Two kids is just as difficult as four. But if I read the back about the author and they didn't have more than two kids, I put the book away. I'm like, what do they know? But that's not true. That's not true. It doesn't matter how many kids you say. It's all relative. Um, But God can help you, whether you're a mother that is needing that rest or wisdom, that the doctors can't even tell you what's wrong, but God can give you the wisdom on what to do, Mom, because you're the mother of that child. 
And God, you know, another thing that God has taught me was a revelation that maybe some of you already know. But God told me one time, Carmen, I love them more than you do. And I was like, really? How could that be? It was a revelation to me. God loves my kids more than I do. So, yeah, he wants to take care of them. So I release them to him, and I, I know that God gives, me, gives us wisdom for, for anything that we need. Um, and, that, and like I say, not only that, but, but anything in life, it's about abiding in him and drawing your nourishment from him, drawing your wisdom from him, your next steps from him, whatever that might be. He'll, he's faithful. Can anybody say yes, that's true? He's faithful. If you take the time to sit at his feet, he will meet you there and, and give you what you need to go on, right? He will always meet you there. So today, if you would all, can, maybe we could just all stand for a minute. Um, this was a nice, quick one because we got branches to go to, right? <laughs> You know, God loves you so much, and he gave us everything that we need to be successful in life. Um, I, I feel like we don't tap into that as much as he wants us to, but he gave us everything we need to be successful in life. Whatever that means for you, whatever, wherever you are right now and whatever that means for you, he gave you what you need. But the only thing he asks is that you take time to sit at his feet. And if you don't know how to do that, if you're new, new in the faith, there's, I mean, if you download version on your phone, if you haven't done that yet, do that. They have given you tons of devotionals that anything you want, any, any learning to live like Jesus, you can type that in the search bar. It'll, it'll give you devotionals. And we need that. That's, that's part of abiding is him, in him is staying in his word staying in what he has, he has given us, and in that time to just be quiet before him. That's really tough if you're a new mom. But take those moments to be quiet before him and let him do what he, only he can do and give you. Um, you know, God is good. Altar team, if you would come. Today we're going to sing this song, um, Sit at His Feet, I think, right? Are we doing that? Um, you know, t- let's just take a few minutes. As we're singing this song, let's take a few minutes to sit at his feet, right? We can do that for the Lord. And, and just open up your spirit to listen to him. Anything that you've been asking God for, anything, any area in your life that you've been struggling or, or trying to figure out what am I going to do now, what am I going to do now, what am I going to do now, take a few moments and sit at his feet. And I have a clue for you. The softest voice is usually God's voice. Because a lot of time we want to listen to that loud voice, but I can just tell you from, it's not always maybe, but for, my, for me, that loud voice is usually my, what my flesh wants to do because it's easier. But if I listen a little closer and hear that soft voice, it, great wisdom of God, and then I obey it, he's right there to do what I need him to do. And he gives me such amazing direction. But let's, t- let's sing this song and let's take a few minutes um, to sit at his feet and, and listen for that voice. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. 
Thanks again for tuning in.